So if you want to turn in your Bibles with me to, to, to Matthew, uh, I'd appreciate that. Matthew chapter 7. There are Bibles in the pew racks in front of you. Uh, if you'd like to grab one of those and to, uh, to use that as we follow along. Matthew chapter 7. Need my sermon notes. <clears throat> All right. By the way, when I said we are family friendly and we don't mind if they squawk, if you mind as a parent, you can certainly, we aren't keeping you here, right? You can go in the lobby if you want. There's a, a cry room if your, uh, your child gets a little whatever you, if you that's up to you, okay? Um, so we're going we're gonna to pray and we're going to get to work in our scripture today uh, talking about thankfulness and uh, a deep thankfulness uh, from the heart, uh, from a heart of faith. Let's, let's pray together. <clears throat> Father, we, we stop right now and pause the the worship, the, the celebration, the busyness of our heart, God, to refocus that heart so we can worship even more. Father, I pray that as we look to your word today, that you, you would help us to, to grow in it, that you would reveal deep truths for our heart, that you would challenge us and change us, that you would reshape us and conform us into the image of the Son. We love you, Lord. We ask that you would guide us through this morning, and we pray in Christ's name. Amen. All right, so we just finished a series called Lord, Teach Us to Pray, going through uh, the Lord's Prayer as found in the Sermon on the Mount. And it was a prayer that Jesus gave his, his disciples. It's the model prayer, and we learned how not to be repetitious about that. And I want to I just segue from that Lord's Prayer into our sermon today, into our, our message today. Um, and the message today is, is about a thankful faith, okay? So uh, when we do this, we, we finish this, with, there's a connection. There's a connection between our prayers to our Father in heaven and, and for you and I to come to him in thankfulness and gratitude as well. And really, like last week I talked about the idea that we can't, we, it, the fact that God is God is why we go to him. That he is supreme above all else and that, that there's no one like him and all glory and power belongs to him because his is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. And that because of that, we can go and bow our hearts before him. That's, that's why we bow our hearts. We don't, we don't go to somebody else. If, if, if he wasn't God, we might as well go to each other and bow or pray. But we go to the one who can actually answer our prayers. So we're talking about a deeply thankful faith today. And, and, and really approaching God in faith from a spirit of thankfulness within our hearts. So we're going to cover point number one. There's only two points today. We'll cover point number one in this segment. A deeply thankful faith, number one, knows that only God can meet our deepest need. There's a humility in us that we, we drops us to our knees, understanding that only God can truly meet our deepest need. So let's take, take a look at the text. If you're in Matthew chapter 6, we're going to look at verses 8 and 9, and then we'll jump into chapter 7 as well. So Jesus begins in this, in, before the model prayer, he begins by telling us how not to pray, and, and he says in verse 8, don't be like them. And, and that idea of them, let's understand who them is real quick, okay? Them are, the, are the, the Gentiles or the Pharisees, those who really had no actual faith, no humility in them. No, no real desire to connect with God on a level that he could provide. They were just, see, here's the difference. When we, when we humble ourselves before God, we are saying, God, I have a deep and thankful faith that I, I'm trusting that you can supply my needs. But them, right, don't be like them. For the them, it's just wishful thinking. It's, man, I sure hope that whatever I say or do, will, will, he'll hear. Maybe he'll, he'll see me, or maybe it'll... it'll just help out. It's wishful thinking. And see, I, I don't want to go to God with wishful thinking. I want to go to God with a deep attitude of thankfulness and humility, saying, God, I know you are, what? Our Father in heaven who cares. He says, don't be like them because your Father 
knows the things you need before you even ask Him. See, God knows the depths of our heart. And what He wants is our heart to be laid out before Him. Not to be like them who say, Oh, God, hopefully I'm wishful thinking if I do this, you'll hear me. That's not how God, our Father, responds. A father responds to his child who comes, to, comes in humility and says, I, I, I'm here. You're my, you're my daddy. I need to depend on you. You know, as much as I share stories about my children, there are many days I wish I was more and more like my children when it came to my relationship with my Father in heaven. So Jesus goes on. He says, don't be like them because your Father knows the things you ask or need before you ask. And he says in verse 9, he says, therefore, you should pray like this. Here's the attitude, right? Here's the attitude. Here it comes. Our Father in heaven. And there's a whole list of things we've gone through, and you can check that sermon series out later. But we, we go before him as a father. Our Father in heaven, I want to humble myself before you. I want you to change my heart. I want you to meet my needs because I know in this thankful attitude, in this faith, I know I'm filled with faith that only you can provide and meet my deepest, deepest need. In Matthew 7, if you go cruise on there, maybe the next page or next paragraph for you. Matthew 7, starting in verse 7. <clears throat> and, and granted, all of this kind of runs together. It's the Sermon on the Mount. So these points are connected to each other. It says in verse 7, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. And everyone who seeks, finds. And everyone who knocks, the door is opened. Who among you, if his son asked him for bread, would give him a stone? Or if he asked for a fish, would give him a snake? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good things to those who ask him? Therefore, whatever you, whatever you, uh, sorry, therefore, whatever you want others to do for you, do also the same for them. This is the law and the prophets. That's the golden rule, right? That's how we treat each other, but it's from the heart of sincerity. Like, I want to love, and I know God will love me too. God will hear me. So this asking, this seeking, this knocking is, is what we talk about is faith. I go to God in faith, not wishful thinking. And then when we go to him in faith, he knows our need. How, how much more, it says, will your Father in heaven give good things to those who ask him? He knows our need and he's ready to provide. He wants to meet our needs. So we, when we ask him, though, we go to him as a father. How do we know he's going to do that? Well, turn with me to Isaiah. With me to Isaiah. You'll find Psalms about the middle, then you'll cruise to the right of that. You have Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, Song of Solomon, and then Isaiah. And the very end of Isaiah, chapter 59, is where we're going to be, just briefly. <clears throat> so I want to set up, we, we, we're talking about faith, honest, true, thankful faith. That's the attitude we have to have when we come before God. And this faith is important. We'll, we'll tie it in at the very end of today as well because without that faith, none of this need is met. That God is ready to meet this need, but we have to understand this need. And for you and I, often we think, well, my need is for more sleep or my need is for some more food on the table or my need is for uh, a day off or my need is for my boss to be more lenient. My need is for whatever, money, whatever. It might, we have these needs that come up. And sometimes we think that's all the needs we're talking about when the Father's going to meet those needs. But there's such a greater need. And the, and the point is this. God, a deep, thankful faith knows that God can meet not our needs, but our deepest need. Our deepest need. So let's find out what that is. So in, in Isaiah chapter 59, starting at verse 1, and <clears throat> going through part of 4, it says, uh, Indeed, the Lord's arm is not too weak to save. Amen? 
or his ear, his ear is not too deaf to hear. So this is the hope we have. How do we know when we go to him in faith that it's, it, we can turn out he's our father? Well, it says, Scripture encourages and says, this, this God of ours, our God, our Father, his arm is not too weak to save. And his, his ears are not too deaf to not hear. But look at verse 2. It says, but, but your iniquities are separating you from your God. And your sins have hidden his face from you. So that he does not listen. For your hands are defiled with blood and your, your fingers with iniquity. Your lips have spoken lies and your tongues mutter injustice. No one makes claims justly. <clears throat> no one can plead honestly. You, you see the problem here? You and I, our heart is the problem. If we are to go to God with a heart filled with faith, how can we do that when there's this separation between us? There's this separation. And this is <clears throat> our greatest need. is to draw near to God again and be close to him. Because we have been separated from him. Look at verse 2. It said, your iniquities, your sins are separating you from your God. We want this relationship. We want this closeness. But the scriptures tell us that every one of us has sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. That we all have, have been led astray. We've all done something to, to, uh, to break this relationship and to, and to drive us away. Drive a wedge between us and God. We're separated from Him. We have this great, great need. Our deepest need is for that chasm to be closed, for us to be in fellowship and in relationship and closeness with God again. That's our deepest need. So let's jump down to verse 16 here. Let's see what happens. <clears throat> he, that is God, saw that there was no man. He was amazed that there was no one interceding. Right? There's someone needed to intercede. Someone needed to make a way. Someone needed to help. And what happened? So his own arm brought salvation and his own righteousness supported him. See, see, God says, there's a problem. There's a deep, deep need. But you know what? I'm going to be the solution. Because while we have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God and for the wages of that sin is death and separation from God, you and I can never earn our way back. We can't earn our way back. I'm, I'm teaching this lesson to my, my daughter specifically right now about <clears throat> what's good and bad. And we have, this, we have a board now. <clears throat> so it's like an allowance board. And when she helps us out, she gets good lines. And when she does something she shouldn't do, those are tam, ten, temper tantrum or something, right? She gets a bad line. And, and so these, these lines start adding up. The good lines are there. There's some bad lines there. And that just, that's just part of life, right? And, and it started because of this. Because what we were doing, we, we'd write a good line and then we'd erase a good line. If, it, if there was something bad. And she didn't like that very much. She's like, that's my good. I, don't take away what I've done. I did that. Okay. So we now keep track of the bad. But now guess what she wants us to do? Can you, can you take away a bad line? Well, wait a minute. Wait. And see, that's what we try to do, right? We, we know there's bad in our heart. We know there's wicked in our heart. But when we stand before God, we can't go to him and say, please, 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 will you erase the, the bad lines? Because I've done a lot of good, so can you erase the bad lines? It's not like that. It doesn't work. Sin must be erased, though, for us to be in His presence. So how does He erase the bad lines? He erases it with His blood that was shed on a cross for you and for me. Praise God. When I couldn't erase my lines, when I couldn't get rid of the bad, guess who can? Jesus Christ. See, there is a deep, deep need in our hearts. There's a deep need. And we have to be able to go before Him, God Almighty, and say, God, 
in humility, I am trusting you that you can erase the bad, that you can take care of the sin inside of my heart, that you can make me whole again, and you can take this, what was once separated, and close the gap. Let's turn real quickly to the book of Ephesians. So we are last text during this section of the sermon. The book of Ephesians. In the New Testament, we're going to look at Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2. <clears throat> I want to see this transition. I want to see, I want to, Paul is going to show us as he writes to the Ephesians, our state, where we are without him, and, and what he's going to do and what he does for us. And then the next part of the, part of the message is going to be this, this security that gives us this, this, this confidence in him and in, in Christ alone. So here, Ephesians chapter 2, we'll begin in verse 12 and read 12 and 13 together. Here's what it says. At that time, you were without Christ. What, the, what time? Well, when I sinned and I was separated from God, when I had the bad line still there, I showed up before God. And at that time, you were without Christ. It said, excluded from citizenship of Israel and foreigners to the covenants of promise, without hope and without God in the world. But look at verse 13, right? You know, you know I love these conjunctions, right? But now, in Christ Jesus, so but Jesus, we were, we were far away, but Jesus shows up. But God decides, I'm going to make a way. So but now, in Christ Jesus, you who were far away, right, separated, have been what? Have been brought near by the blood of Christ. Amen? Like that, that's an amazing, amazing thing that... We who are separated and without God and without hope have now been brought near because of Christ and the blood he sacrificed for you and I. And we praise God before, because of that. You know, today we're, we have the Lord's Supper set up and ready to go. We are going to be celebrating that today. We're, when we celebrate the Lord's Supper, we celebrate the fact that God, in faith, I come to you and, and in thankfulness, I come to you and in reverence, I come to you, but in humility, I come to you because I have nothing on my own that will, I can offer that will ever take my sin away. I come to you in humility because only you can take away my sin. Only what you accomplished cleanses me from within and that I can be new and whole because of Jesus. So as we celebrate that later, that's what we're saying. We're, his body, his blood that was, was sacrificed for us is, is our hope. It's our peace. All right? Let's, let's stand together and pray. And the worship team, you guys can come on back up. We'll continue in our worship together. Father, we are, we're so grateful to be here today. We're so grateful that you love us. We're so grateful that we can come to you with thankfulness, knowing that you know and, and, and will take care of our deepest, deepest needs. We thank you for Jesus dying on a cross in our place, shedding his blood so that we who were far away can be drawn near to him because of his blood. May we have faith in that and believe Christ and what he's done. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Very good. Isn't God awesome? So great to focus our attention on Jesus. If you're just joining us because you thought it was the 1115 service, welcome. Glad you're here. We, uh, we'd love to get your phone number and we can text you or email you the updates, okay? Um, we are going to do something pretty fun right now, and we do this every year when we have our Operation Christmas Child um, shoeboxes all collected and crated up, and, and I know more are still coming in. Uh, we, we have a prayer time for them. We have a prayer time over them to make sure we, we send them out with prayer that God would get them to the kids that need it and they would hear the gospel. So... Before we do that, though, we, we this year set a kind of a goal, said we want to we send 1,000 boxes 
from, from our little community, and, and this is a hub that for drop-off. We want to send 1,000 boxes out of our church. So I've asked the team that's counted to surprise us because I don't know what the number is. And we're going to bring that up on screen right now, I guess. Drum roll, drum roll, please. All right. There we go. Praise God. And we know more are still coming in, so that's, that's an amazing thing. That's an amazing thing. You know, it's, they say each box touches up to seven lives of, of, within that one person that receives it, but with that family as well, uh, with the message of the gospel. So we're so excited about that. That's just going to multiply exponentially as it goes out. So what we want to do now, uh, it's, it's, if you're a parent... Here's the song, right? You gotta shake, shake, shake your what? Whoa, you don't you don't know? Your sillies out. Yes, or your your wiggles out, right? You gotta shake, shake, shake your sillies out. What we're gonna do is just kinda move a little bit and, and uh, I would like you to, to kinda find a box, a crate, a big box near or around you. We're gonna stand, we're gonna go kind of around those boxes, put put a hand on a box or a shoulder of a person that's around it, and we're gonna pray over those. So if you would do that now, you can come up front. There are some up here as well, and in the aisle you don't have to move very far. We're going to pray over those boxes together and send them on out. 1,089. Good job. That's amazing. Right? Comparison to what? I think last year there was just over 700, around 700 that went out from here. Pretty awesome. All right, we should be around the box by now. Let's go ahead and... uh, and join together in prayer, if you'd bow and, and pray with me. Father, we, we are so grateful for every opportunity you give us to, to express our love and our hope and adoration in you. And God, this is one of those ways that we, we use our, our hands and our feet to be your hands and feet. And we share the, the good news, the message of Jesus Christ with a world that desperately needs him. God, we hope that you would use these boxes to help others know Christ and to draw near to you. That, God, you would be preparing the hearts of those children or those families beforehand. God, that they would be ready to receive that message of hope and grace. God, not only will they receive items maybe they need, and we know that, that God, you're, you're picking those, those boxes for those children. We know that, that you know what's inside of those boxes. You know what's inside of those families and the need there. God, we, we know you're going to provide as a good, good, and gracious Father. So we, we trust you with that. We thank you for, for the opportunity, again, to lift up Jesus and to, to make much of him around the world. And we pray in his great name. Amen. Amen. All right, thanks, you guys. Go ahead and wiggle on back to your seat. As you wiggle on back to your seat, we're going to turn to the book of Romans. Romans chapter 8 together. Thank you. I'm really loving the fact that these crates, as they go out, have some Play-Doh on them, too pretty awesome. <laughs> and uh, parents, I know you're like, yeah, so do my kids' hands, right? It, it wears off. No big deal. Romans chapter 8, if you would turn there with me, we'll continue on talking about being deep, deeply thankful from an attitude and heart of faith and, uh, and what that looks like. <clears throat> so we started, we said, a deeply thankful faith would know that only God can meet our deepest needs. So we, we were challenged not only to come to him with a humble, prayerful, thankful, and faith-filled heart, but with that knowledge, we do that because we know there's a great, great need. Not just a need for stuff or comfort or even necessity. The deepest necessity we have is to be reconciled back to God the Father, to, be, to have that relationship fixed and resolved. And Jesus 
did that through his blood, and he, he made a way that we could, be, we could draw near to him. So the second point, number two, is this. A deeply thankful faith knows that nothing can separate us from his love. Now, maybe you already got that because we did the Plato routine, right? It's, it's impossible. Nothing is going to separate us from God's love. We're going to read this scripture together. Um, there were some, there were some Judaizers and people saying, listen, uh, you, you can, you got to really work hard to earn God's love. And, and Paul was saying, no, that's not it at all. This is not what God did. And through the power of the Holy Spirit, he, he penned Romans. And, and this is what God's word tells us. Looking at Romans chapter eight, going through uh, from 31 through 39. What are we to say about these things? For if God is for us, who can be against us? Right? We're talking about the God of the universe. If God is for us, if God has promised, if God has said, I will redeem you, who can stand against us? Who can stand against God? If God is for us, who can stand against us? He did not even spare his own son, but offered him up for us all. This is the great depth, Paul saying, like, listen, you, you have this love, and God's love is secure in you. How, how do you know that? Because he offered his son to you as a sacrifice. He was willing to even go that far, to offer his son for you as a sacrifice. That when we believe, we, we receive the righteousness that is from Jesus, not from your works, not from your attitude, not from your heritage. It is from Jesus Christ alone. And, and going back, if God is for us, if we get that from him, then who can stand against us? He did not even spare his own son, but offered him up for us. How will he not also with him grant us everything? He can do the work. It's in verse 33. Who can bring an accusation against God's elect? Those who are being saved by the power of God and, and, and in, their, in their heart saying yes to, in faith to Jesus. Who can stand against that? Who, who can do that? No one. It says uh, God is the one who justifies. So God is the one who justifies. People might want to accuse you or, or, or judge, but God is the one who justifies. God is the one uh, he is the one or who is the one who condemns Christ Jesus is the one who died but even more has been raised he also is at the right hand of God and look at this in interceding for us he intercedes for us so this intercession we talk about the Lord's prayer we just finished that series God is interceding before us he's going to the father on our behalf and it reconciles this and harmonizes with with the book of Hebrews where we talk about he he Jesus being our great high priest once and for all we don't need new priests to continue going in uh, on our behalf. We have Jesus who continually intercedes on our behalf. Why? Because I need him to continually intercede. That, that work of the cross is a continual one for my heart and for our hope. He continually intercedes for us. And look at verse 35. Who can separate us from the love of Christ? Can affliction or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, because of you we are being put to death all day long. We are counted as sheep to be slaughtered. And Paul says that's not enough even to be separated from God. It goes on in verse 37. No, no, in all these things, we are more than conquerors. Now, that's, don't, don't, burst your, don't like make your head real big. We are more than conquerors. It says we are more than conquerors through him. It's only in Christ that we are conquerors of anything because he conquered everything. And if we have an attitude that we are conquerors when we come to this table, you and I will be in error. Jesus is the one who conquers, amen? And because he conquered, we are free to come and partake in what he has shared and how he has sacrificed. We are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Verse 38 and 39. Here's the verse. goes with the Plato. goes with the message. For I am convinced, persuaded, that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, 
nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen, Amen to that. Amen to that. God's love, will, we can be, never be separated from God's love. And that's, today as we come, we come to celebrate the Lord's Supper. We come to celebrate all that Christ has accomplished on the cross through his, his body and blood being shed for us. That he was more than a conqueror and we are now more than conquerors because we can have faith. So it comes full circle though. We started with this attitude of faith saying we don't want to be like them, right? The wishful thinkers. We have to have an attitude of faith. But for, here's the deal. There are still those, and probably some here today, who have not had an, a, an attitude of faith and humility before God the Father. You're still, you're still here wishful thinking. Man, I sure hope God sees me here at church today. I sure, sure hope that I'm putting in my dues and I, this effort is rewarded later. It will not be rewarded because your bad lines don't get erased except by Jesus. So for you and I, we have to come to him humbly and say, God, I'm, I'm empty. I've got nothing to offer you. I've got nothing to bring to you, but I, I come to you humbly trusting that you can be and will be my Father, our Father in heaven, who made a way for me to, not to be separated any longer, but to be reconciled, to be brought back near to God the Father through Christ and what he did on the cross for us. So now is the time that that faith says you and I are to believe and receive the promise that he's, that he's given us, the promise of forgiveness the promise of a perfection that is not something we earn, but what Christ accomplished for us. And that, that's what it means to become a Christian. That's what it means to be saved and rescued. He is rescuing us from something that we need rescued from, that separation that we can't reach across. We can never do enough to get there. And he says, I did through Christ if you would only believe. Don't be like them and have wishful thinking, but humble your heart before God. Trust him in faith, that he is the only one that can save you. He is the only one that can forgive you. And humble yourself before him in faith with a thankful heart. Believe in Jesus, I urge you. The, the tie-end of this is that faith. I'm going to read a, a, a scripture out of Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. It says this, talking about our needs, right? Talking about our anxieties, talking about the necessities, things in our life or this deepest need. It says, don't worry about anything. But in everything, through prayer and petition, so here's our Lord's Prayer coming back around us. We pray and, and petition. We request things from God. But it, this, this adds something here. It shows the heart of this faith. This heart of a deep faith is a heart that is thankful. It says, through prayer and petition, with thanksgiving. Because that's what we are when Christ has rescued us from death and brought us into life, aren't we? With thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. See, what the Father did through Christ and the cross is to make a way for us to draw near to Him in faith and that He would heal our brokenness, that He would forgive our sin, that He would make us whole again. And, and for you and I, if you have believed that and you have entrusted Christ with that, you and I should humbly bow before him with an attitude of thankfulness all the time. Every time we go before him, it should be, thank you, God, thank you, God, thank you, God. Because I can do nothing on my own. And we have experienced this love of God that, that will never be able to be separated from us. 
right? And experience this peace and this hope that is in Christ alone. And that, that we have been adopted and made part of God's family by what was accomplished through Christ on a cross just like that one. That he poured out himself in my place and in yours so we could have life. Amen? Right now, I, I want us to, to stand and pray together, and we're going to offer a response time, just a time for our hearts to respond in worship to God. So if the worship team can come back up, we'll stand, we're going to pray, and, uh, and then we'll, we'll continue in our service. Father, we, we come before you humbly, and, and God, I, my prayer is this, my prayer is that we would right now empty our hearts of us and fill it up with you, that we would, we would turn our hearts in humility to you and believe the gospel, if that's, if that's a necessity for some today. God, that we would respond in faith and be forgiven from all of our sin because your desire is to draw us near to you. God, God, convict us, challenge us, change us by your word and by the power of your spirit that we would look more and more like your son Jesus right now. Help us respond from our hearts to you. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. As, as we respond, I, I didn't ask some of you, I know that are, there are some that have been asked before, to be prayer partners. If you have been asked before by me to be a prayer partner and you're here and willing to do that, if you would come up. Here's what this is going to look like. We're going to have some people up here, probably just a couple of you, to come up and pray. I'll be up here as well. If, you, if you'd like to pray, if you'd just like to, to lay that burden down and, and, and offer some thankfulness to God or just or some support from someone, uh, we'll have some people up here that can pray with you. Um, you can pray certainly where you are. And, and as this time is a time of response, you might need to be right there saying, God, you're so great. I want to worship you. And whatever we're singing, we're going to sing it out. Be ready to do that. Please do. Sing it out in worship, but maybe you need to pray. Maybe you need to have someone pray with you. We'd be happy to do that. So as we sing this next song, as we respond, let's do it together and pray and worship God with all we've got. Let's go.